0: Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal, it's Josh in for Boyd presenting this week and it very much feels like the night after the night before, the sobering reality of a 3-1 home defeat to Monaco and I suspect that will dominate the next 40 or so minutes of your Footballistically Arsenal podcast. Joined by three um, members of the Arsenal podcast team who have all been on with us before, we've got Ricky who's back after uh, about a couple of months, he was here last time when the draw was just made and doesn't that feel like a long time ago Ricky?
2: certainly does now, it certainly does now, yeah.
0: Um, Alan Algar, semi-regular guest with us, was also on, I think, with Ricky just after the draw was made. But you were a bit more wary of Monaco, we'll come to it in much more detail, but you were a bit more wary than maybe the rest of us, if we're truthful.
3: Yeah, I, I just think I'd look through some of their recent games just before the draw, and, and it hinted at the, well, the upward curve that they've been on recently.
0: Yeah, fourth in the... In their division, aren't they? But uh, yeah, just a a frightening night, really, at the Emirates. And Raymond, who who runs obviously Red Action Group, who a lot of you will will know and be aware of, is also with us. And uh, we were just saying before it it went quite flat, quite quickly.
1: It did that away goal early in a two-legged tie. It's going to kill it, man.
0: It is going to kill it. I mean, just before we get into the serious like analysis of it the bookmaker point of view here which is alan's background i think giving us about a 7 to 1 or so chance we're about 7 to 1 to go through
3: well it's interesting our traders at betway went 4 to 1 which is wow a 20% chance and as they said that to me on the phone just after the final whistle was i sort of typed it up i was thinking to myself well, they've got this wrong completely. And then, obviously, it just so happened that we've got a position that we're trying to hedge against Arsenal where we don't mind being 4-1. Um, to one. But, as you say, yeah, there are bookmakers that are as big as 7-1. to one.
0: Yeah, so let, let's go through it. Because uh, it's, it's rare we do a podcast on a Thursday when there's been a game a night before because it hasn't been Champions League for a while. So I feel we'll do more analysis than maybe we otherwise would when we've had the whole week to, to reflect. But, firstly, Ricky, you were, you were back with all the crew here in 103... Uh, Michael, who was on the other week, has left you and departed from Hong Kong. Yes. You've got a replacement, but he uh, didn't bring you any luck last night.
2: No, row twenty-seven last night was a was a was a sad place. I, like you said, Josh, I was on the podcast uh, last time just after the draw, and as I said to you earlier today, I do have to eat a bit of humble pie because I, you know, I don't confess to know huge amounts about European fit, but I try to listen out and look out for for things here and there, but from what I had heard, Monaco weren't a particularly good team, Alan corrected me, told me that it was going to be a harder game than, uh, than I thought and he was right. And he I was right. I can say now I was wrong because last night it, it, was, it was worse than I ever could have thought it was going to be.
0: It, it was horrible but Alan just coming back to that point, Monaco scored four goals in their six games in the group. They managed to get three in 90 minutes away from home last night. In terms of you know, even if we come back to odds again, the chances of them scoring three away at the Emirates was just an extraordinary outcome in any way last night.
3: It was a, it was a huge price. Uh, the, the the actual correct score was one hundred and twenty five to one, wow. and most Champions League games as a bookmaker you will price up as having a low goals expectancy. Yes. So then, when you use the derivatives after that and try pricing the correct score and all the other things, obviously it makes big scores like
0: that at a huge price especially I think in first legs is our first to say the first leg around 16 we've seen a lot of low scoring games even last night the Leverkusen Chelsea PSG 1-1 but Munich was a nil-nil wasn't it it's been a lot of low scoring ones yeah
3: the average the average goals in the Champions League knockout tie um, and that's overall first and second legs is around 2.52 in actual first legs in this particular round it drops to about 2.1
0: so, Which is a big difference. If it's you a look huge that, yeah.
3: difference in, in terms of odds. And what that actually means is most sides go into it with a plan to be cagey in the first leg. And <laughs> history will tell you that that has happened down the years because the stats are there. So it's extremely unusual for a team to ship to three goals at home, especially when favourites. In fact, it, it, I can't really remember a time when it's happened before.
0: We were quite heavy favourites as well, you know. Going strong, the strong favourites.
3: We're five to four to go and win over there. Yeah, we're actually favourites for the game over there. We were heavily odds-on favourites for last night's game, and every single tipster in the world, apart from a few that were like myself, thinking, "Hold on, have, you, have we underestimated them here?" Um, we're saying it was actually an Arsenal victory to nil. Um, they weren't. They weren't just actually backing an Arsenal win. They yeah. were saying to nil, as in you know. Bump up the odds a bit. You won't get Rich back in Arsenal to win this game. Yeah. You're actually Find going to value. just be better off finding the value on a, a to nil victory.
0: Well, Raymond, there were problems all over the pitch. It's hard to know where to start. If there was one overriding factor that you went, I can pinpoint that was the reason we were so poor last night, do you have any one thing or is it just a multitude of answers?
1: Well, I think it was a very, very attacking line-up. You know, look at the selection of, of Bellerin and, and Gibbs at full-back. They were just really going to go for it. And then the front five... And they didn't really, we weren't tactically set up to deal with the, uh, the fast breaks from Monaco. And, you know, that's where we caught up the pitch. You know, the second goal and the third goal, I don't want to jump ahead of talking about the rest no. of the game, but just, just complete footballing suicide is the only way that I can describe it.
0: Which I think is what Wenger said. He did say after the game, he spoke about the sort of suicidal defending. And, and it was funny, it almost felt to me, Ricky, that um, I was sitting just in block 25 behind the goal we were attacking in that first half we were great for the first 10-15 minutes which was so deja vu of the Bayern Munich game last year at the same stage and I said that to Samuel I was sitting next to us it like, feels so familiar like we have been brilliant 15 minutes but we you know last year we had a missed penalty with Ozil this year it just felt if we didn't score in that first 10-15 minutes then we might struggle and we didn't really seem to ever relax go do you know what it might be a night where we have to accept it's going to be nil nil for an hour 70 minutes and try and get one at the end and take a one nil we just seem toothless
2: yeah I mean I I can't think of many games where you look at and you can't pin out pick out one decent performance I thought the only player that wasn't really terrible was Gazzola I thought every single player was poor I can't think of one good performance I actually I don't I look at the starting eleven. I can't. I don't. I don't think it was a poor poor selection. I can't. I can't. I wouldn't. If I picked the team myself, I, I I probably wouldn't have changed too much. Possibly, I, don't, I, don't, I would possibly walk up, But other than that, I don't like Chambers at right back. Um, I prefer Gibbs to Monreal. I can't. I can't think where you change it. And I think every single player. I thought the fullbacks were particularly poor, other than okay, of course, Saka and Giroud. But I thought every every single player let themselves down.
0: Yeah, I think the problem is as. Um as I was speaking to some friends earlier today, if you look back at the football match and you think they probably had the best six or seven players on the pitch, the best six or seven pitch were like on performances on the night, we're all with them. There's no way you can win. You can't have that, you know, none of your players are stepping up and the other team are playing really well. And credit to Monaco, they were excellent they did their job very well. But it was always going to be very difficult for us to turn around. I think, in particular, I mean, this is, I don't know where to start almost. Be- Bellerin frustrated me last night uh, a bit. I just thought maybe it's a sign that. You know, we've been all really excited about better in the last few weeks, and he's come on leaps and bounds. Alan's going to say maybe he hasn't, but maybe we found out what happens when you end up having to play who at the start of your season was your third-choice right back. It just felt like he, they almost targeted him. Yeah. Is that well, fair, Al?
3: They did, but then again, let's have a look at this. Okay. Ricky's made the point that he can't think of anywhere where he would have changed it, but I'm assuming he means... From the current up. squad that we've actually got. Oh, of course, yeah. Okay. I, mean, I would have thrown so Messi otherwise. <laughs> then, well, <laughs> being realistic, of course. But then you look back and then you look at someone like Bellerin, who I've watched in plenty of youth games down the years and have always taken him away from the game as my one, as in, I'll send a tweet after the game and it, will, it was quite often uh, Bellerin that would stand out for me. But he's the best of a very bad bunch down there. And I don't know whether we've got time to cover it, but... You're not going to go on to Carl Jenkinson again, because I know you're not a fan no, of these. No, no. Okay. I'm going to oh, tell, you something. Gonna tell go you something. I'm going to tell you something. If you witnessed that last night, that performance last night was not the worst performance from an Arsenal team this week. It was not the worst performance from an Arsenal team this week. The under-18s lost against Crewe at Barnet's Ground, the Hive. And I urge anyone with a membership to log in to the Arsenal player on the website and watch the six-minute highlights from that and then not think that we're in even worse trouble than they think after watching the Monaco game because it was quite unbelievable. And, and you might think I'm exaggerating. I urge everyone to do it and watch it and actually see the 6 minutes highlights and the defending because I, I've seen better defending in an under-10s team that I coach.
0: That would suggest that we are naturally bringing loads of players that are going to have to come out of the under eighteen team into the first team, which doesn't really happen. Yeah, but but it's should. not good. It's not, not great. Arsenal option, I mean, I've what got. What I don't know. I haven't what seen what the under eighteen highlights but the other but day. But,
1: uh, I think everybody knows that the youth, youth system is in a bit of trouble. though. they've been trying to change it in all and, and bring in a whole load of. Well, it's changed
0: Liam Brady's left after you know two decades. But this is a team.
3: This is a team that go to Conference South sides in the summer and have shipped an average of four goals per game in the last two pre-seasons against sides in the sixth tier of of football in this country. Okay. And there's a much wider issue to the attitude and development of players further down that means that even when you get the odd bright spark like Bellerin, he comes through as the best of a bad bunch and then gets widely exposed when he needs to step up even yeah. th- even further. I think. I think
2: also we're talking about a, a, a oh, nineteen year old right back. Absolutely, it's not his fault. Who, yeah,
3: it's not. Yeah, I mean, I, know I
2: brought him up in the first place. But there are players on the pitch that have to hold their hands up a lot higher. I think Josh the yeah, and, should, and they need to
0: look just off going to going around as well. the
1: whole, whole pitch. Yes,
0: we? yes, I mean we, we, we've just. I've simply <laughs> yeah. started right. Yeah. I'm,
1: it's just, I'm the just thinking, it's where, where do night. I start? You wait till we get to the yeah. forwards. Well, if we, if
0: we move just along from him, our German, you know, leader at the back, Hermetzak. I mean. Frightening is the only is the only way you could describe Raymond that defending on the second goal because he he goes stormy out the pitch doesn't win the ball doesn't bring the man down doesn't take a yellow for the team if you're gonna if you if you're not winning the ball you can't let it go behind you there the way that we were going to get broken on.
1: There's a screen, there's a screen grab I'm sure everybody's seen it and it says 56 minute of the uh, first leg at home and there's one defender. And about five attacking players. There's Koscielny in the middle. He's nowhere. He's, almost, they're running down. You know, they, there's uh, Monaco blue shirts coming from everywhere. And there's Koscielny on the side. I his literally... He almost felt... on his ass on the halfway line. Yeah.
3: The um, mad thing about Koscielny is he's not facing the play. When In that still that you, you're talking about, he's not actually facing where the danger is either. I, I can't fathom... He's sort of almost looking to see if there's going to be a runner on the other side when... Maybe he knows full well from looking there that, that Per has just made one of the worst decisions ever and it's all going to go. But then maybe he's
0: hoping someone else uh, has, has seen what Per's done and is going to get back. Who knows? It did feel like when, when, I can't remember the name of the player that, that played it across for Berbatov who scored, but it felt like a might as will have his hands in the air going, what do I do now? Because if I go to yeah. the man, it's getting past beyond me. If I stay off the man, he can go in and shoot on a spin. Well, they,
1: they played it perfectly. It was, it was a perfect break. And it wasn't his Berbatov like. Berbatov was calm and he was so
0: calm. It seemed like he took an extra second. He just, brilliant. Like, like yeah. calmness in front of goal not to rush it and just to put it beautifully in the corner and get his body in the way that no one could tackle
2: him. Yeah, I think um, as you say we're going around the pitch I think we've actually missed someone out to be honest I think we've actually missed out our goalkeeper.
0: Well, uh, yes I've written that down the bottom. I know, yeah. I, I, know, I, thought, I know it's on the
2: menu for tonight but if we're, if we're going It's alright we're I, all over think, the
0: place we're, we're as much all over the place <laughs> on the menu as the players on the pitch last oh, night. you were playing left
2: back. Yeah, I'm I playing Sonnyov
1: think, think, where are you playing? <laughs> I think,
2: I, I'm not a big fan of Chesney I think the, um, I think he's a good goalkeeper. I think the stuff he does, um, in terms of smoking in the dressing room, I think it's absolutely pathetic in my opinion, um, especially after the performance he had, um, at S- Southampton. I like Ospina because I enjoy going, oh, Ospina, and that... To you, I'm bit- bored well, of it already. Well, I think so no, are the crowd.
0: Can we just think- have the Raymond from the reaction action point of view, just while we're here. Are you, are you, are you backing it? Because it's sort of, you know, it is always quite strong from that corner.
1: Nobody did it last night. Nobody well, did it yeah, last it's, night. That it's, that great, it's great me. when you're fighting, oh, was it fighting the other it up ends? against Aston Villa. Yeah. But was, when um, you're struggling in a, in a home game like that and he's, he's not... Covering himself in glory with his decision making well, and the saves he's not making, I thought you he, won't, you, you'll be lucky to hear that chance that, again this season. It was
0: only the third goal, wasn't it, that you could really fault him, in my opinion. <sighs> I don't know what happened to the
1: first goal. I no. mean, you know, he just fell backwards and gave it up. You just got to stick up. He's not up really you, on
3: his toes on the first you goal. You got to stick up a hand or something. Bit. I, I, maybe we're being harsh. I think that's That third goal is poor. It, oh, the third, third goal is. The third goal is. There's no way he should get beaten across because. He's got a hand on it. Because on actually, him. although he made the original mistake, Oxley chamberlain is at least chasing the player to make him divert. He's ball-watching. Divert. Right? He's ball-watching right? Well, he's diverting the angle a little bit, so he gives Ospina every chance that it's going to be a cross-goal shot and...
0: Oh, yeah. The, 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 I mean, I mean we we're can, picking. We can, yeah, we can move up all, all over the pitch, and, and we'll, get, we'll get up to Giroud in a minute. We'll save, uh, save some special words for him. But even the Ox, I felt, you know, you just mentioned it there, that's why i come on to it. Brilliant goal. Obviously, just a, a brilliant strike. And, and actually, at 2 1, you go, you know what, this could have been a hell of a we've worse. It's but it was the Ox who gave away the ball a couple of times oh, in that injury oh, time. I think gave away that but, free kick that yep. could have led to the goal. And then, not only does he give the ball away in the 94th minute, he then doesn't track his runner. And then doesn't... I don't know if we'd have got sent off for bringing him down like just after the halfway I line. Him, I don't yeah. think so. I've watched it a couple of times. Bring, bring him down, bring him down, and he doesn't.
1: But yeah.
3: but at that stage of the game, you should. You've got to bring him down. Bad, I, I, I what, even sure if he gets he, sent off there,
0: I'd but, rather uh, Ox get sent off in that, that 94th temp- minute. I don't
3: think he could have done I don't think he physically could have
2: could have fouled him. I only watched it once back cuz uh, well for obvious reasons. I don't think he could
1: I, I, I don't think guy. he could have caught him cuz he, he was he was proper he fast. Was nifty, yeah. yeah, I that, don't
0: think he
3: could have caught him. That 10 minutes last night for me summed up Oxlade-Chamberlain's career at Arsenal. And he he scores those goals about once every 20 to 25 games that are absolute wonder goals like that. And I've seen the videos from training where he can, you know, bang it in the top corner and you know, look like he's one of the best players in the world. But unfortunately, he's not. And his shots-to-goals ratio is poor. But every now and again, he does something like that. And everyone goes, oh, he's a wonderful player, wonderful player. Forget all the things that Josh has just mentioned. And then suddenly have him as a contender, to no, be one of the best players in our team. He's not. He's not oh, good enough.
0: Just, I'm not all down on, on, on Ox. No, I, 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 you know, I think it was an but, unusual five minutes. Maybe just the excitement of the fact he's been out injured. He's come back on. He's got the, you know, us back in the tie because at 2-0, I don't think anyone's given him much of a chance either. And he's just, hes I don't know, what, what his mind's gone in the last yeah. few minutes. He's just well, done some really basic fundamental errors that you wouldn't expect from a player. He gave that, the ball away quite good. a lot.
2: He played an absolutely brilliant pass to Walcott for the chance when yeah. Welbeck ended up uh, hitting Walcott. But no, he, he made one brilliant pass, he scored a fantastic goal, other than that he was yeah. actually very poor.
1: Just like the rest but of that, the team, that, that he, got exactly he got carried away. He got carried away once. It, when it scored. went to 2-1. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we should have just held on to that and, and, and kept the ball for a couple of minutes. Everyone was going crazy trying to get to 2-2 when there was hardly any time left. We, we had just increased our percentage chances of going through up to about 25% with that, that goal back. And then we pissed it all away. Well, Raymond, you make a good game. point
3: because what, what he actually did, instead of celebrating, he was shouting at someone to get the ball out of the net and run back. And I Which was you thinking, understand. He, no, no, I, I do think, understand Calm that. down,
0: calm down, because... You can't go mad when you've all you've done is like, score one back in a tie. You've, no, you're effectively think... going out at that point every minute. You've got to get on with it.
3: You have Not... You haven't got to get on with it because our getting on with it made it 3-1 instead of 2-1 at this present moment in time. There's a difference between going for an equaliser as if it's a league game and
2: doing what we did last night. They acted night. as if there was no second leg, yeah. basically, yeah. for the, yeah. for the no final. Answer. But I also yeah. I think it was, my, it was my friend who I was walking back to the car with after the game. He said if an Arsenal player would have passed the ball sideways or backwards after that goal, everyone would have gone mad. Because everyone was right, let's get the same Yeah, guy. but that's the
1: fans, you know. Yeah, no, I know, I know. <laughs> players, I know. players are not supposed to think like fans. I know. And just no, going back right. to the, the Bayern Munich analogy you made earlier, Josh. Josh, um, When we were 1-0 down last year with 10 men and the time was ticking away and we got a little bit carried away and started trying to push for an equaliser when 1-0 defeat with 10 men would have been pretty good. It was a similar thing last night. Exactly. We got carried away, thought we can level this up when in reality we should have just held what we got and we would have been in a much better position. For but the, the
3: instruction to do that... Comes from the bench
1: well, It's
0: been a bit Ray- of the players That have got to take Some yeah. responsibility no, here no, I, think, I think you could see How Wenger no. reacted After the game He said we lost our heads And I don't think I, don't, I blame the play- Ricky. No, well, Every I, I good, I good think, manager Raymond- Worth
3: his salt and you've seen it down the years, Mourinho would have been out there screaming at them to get back or to hold shape or to do something I like that. I something think, about this guy is we were still losing. On, this guy's just sitting there. He's doing it's nothing. Well, that's right? what something I'm saying about...
1: about direction from the bench. I don't think there was much. I think, I think he was Raymond... sitting there with his arms folded. Sorry, I on, think Raymond on, makes Richard. a
2: very good point. I, I, I know it was, I sort of made it, but um, the, it, does, it does come from the... Sorry, Raymond's point, I argued against it uh, potentially, yes. but... Um, Raymond's right. The players, the players shouldn't be led by the fans. The players are the ones who play for their international uh, teams. They're playing at the highest level of football. And you're right, they shouldn't be led by what the fans think. The same way that for years the fans used to scream shoot and the sensible player didn't because they were 40 yards out. But still fans used to scream at them to shoot. And they shouldn't be led. They should have realised to keep what they've got. The one thing that drives me mad is when... When people say, "Oh, Wenger has to tell them what to do and has to shout from the how, bench," how can and has that to get drive you mad? Because I, I can't stand it when people say, Wenger, got... "Wenger, get get up and earn your money." That line is is. is I'm is not for saying We've you know, got know we've got saying, no, saying one second exactly. That's, that's extending the point. Because no, I know, I know. And, but, unless but, he's but saying me, something sensible, of course. Then if then Wenger would have to get up and pointless. say, "Right, and make sure we all keep it calm," that that's understandable. But
0: we were losing in the tie. And like I don't know, does Wenger? I, I don't want him to tell them all no, to I just say what we gets. I think you just carry on. There's a sense of responsibility. You have got a massively experienced German international, Laurent Koscielny next to him. They can keep a defence tight. Don't have to go gung ho. But I don't really want us going take what we can get. A two-one with the four minutes to go in the stadium. Finally, after ninety minutes of being flat as a pancake, can finally get. Let's get. I don't want the manager coming out to say take what you can get. A two-one with the five minutes left in the game. I think you but know if you were a, said, now, a, you know, a, is, a is there amazing, more chance? Right? Is there more chance we could get an equaliser in that last five minutes? so we're going to concede a third, not assuming we're going to go mad and leave ourselves as open as we could. I felt there's a small chance here we can go and an equalise.
3: But you've just said it yourself. So don't go mad and leave yourself completely open, but continue to attack and press because we're on top at the moment. There's a happy I medium. Mean, there, there, there's definitely a happy medium. And anyone sitting there who's had the line he always trots out, 30 years in management and blah, 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 can see it that he has to give that instruction... But- if It's not happening on the pitch, is And it he, wasn't.
0: But is he a fault for the second goal? Then does he need to tell Meta that's not the fault greatest defender? The, 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 the instruction oh, should is. have been after that, after,
1: after we got him back, the instruction should have been keep the ball for five minutes but also keep your shape and don't but get we did, carried we away. Even, we had what two minutes?
2: I, I, I thought I, because I haven't seen 24. it back be a four minutes. And you say about the fans, I mean, the stadium was empty. Well, yeah, it was empty by the time I'm talking generally.
0: I mean, I wanted to come on to it with Raymond. I mean, it seemed so flat. The whole atmosphere. But even I just felt when the, te- the you know you could try and get behind the team, get them back in the game at one 0 down. Or you know, I just felt I couldn't believe how flat it was. I mean, I, I you know maybe I didn't help. I just sort of was also shocked and and just amazed at what was going on. But I couldn't believe how quiet the stadium felt well, at points. That, like but tonight. that's
1: what that's what I was worried about with the draw. Everyone kind of took Monaco for granted, and it didn't really have that big European feel. Um, as if we were playing Munich or or Real or Barca. Yeah, and people kind of took it for a bit, b- bit for granted. But, this is but the then, point just I us... made
3: to you on the account the other day, actually, I mean, I, I replied to something that you were talking to with, you were talking to. With, I think it was with Tim Payton. There are too many games at the Emirates now, where we turn up and expect to win, so that the atmosphere is only big in the, in the, in the games where, you know, we're playing a rival or there's something on it, and there's not enough like games like that.
0: And we don't lose very much at home, as well. Yeah, well, we don't, the but, then prior, the season, but, then,
3: but then prior to that... I mean, yeah, but that, that's not on the fans, is it? I'm talking about the atmosphere. I mean, the atmosphere could be terrible and we could, be, we could beat a team 1-0. It's still three points. It's, it's a very different thing. But, how, I mean, there were so many spare tickets available yesterday as well. that this is a wider issue. In the it is game. a wider issue about it's how like we the, It's after. like the youth team, it's like the stadium, it's like the, the atmosphere. They're all wider issues that feed into last yeah. night quite I'm well. I'm
0: desperate we find a positive before we get to the end of this pod, but I'm not, I'm not quite sure where it's going to come from yet, but I've got about 20 minutes to think about it. Before we get there, uh, Remy, just tell us a bit about the background, about Red Action trying to do something for last night, because we all remember famously how brilliant it was, what, what was done ahead of the Bayern Munich game. So what, was, what, what did you try and do straight after the draw, and why didn't anything happen?
1: Well, basically, everything that Red Action do now is judged against the uh, the car display last February. So um, as soon as the draw came out, everyone was going, what are you doing for the home leg? What are you doing for the home leg? Um, and straight away, we got onto the club, and we were discussing things like this is the date. How much time do we need to organise it? This is the home leg. What can we do? What are the options? We came up with some uh, some options, not quite as ostentatious as the, a full car display for 60,000 people, but kind of a happy medium. Um, the thing about Arsenal is they plan very, very short-term. It's always they want to get the next home game out of the way, then the next home game, then the next home game, and then before you know it, the game you want to focus on is you know, is the second next home game. Um, with UEFA Champions League and all the sponsorship that changes in the ground, there's a huge amount of regulations that they and, and hoops they have to jump through to, to put on a game. So anything that we wanted to do last night had to go via UEFA to be authorised. And that took a couple of weeks, and then... UEFA authorised their idea and then it went back to Arsenal and they talked to their stadium management and that took another couple of weeks. And basically midweek last week, Arsenal came back to me and said, yeah, okay, you got that, go ahead, but it's now too late to do anything. So it was just really frustrating because from December, 24 hours after the balls were drawn out, we said we want to do something big for this game because people were saying, you know, wait for a bigger game, wait for a bigger game, but you know what, the bigger game might not come. Yeah, uh, tomorrow
0: may not come. I think it's pretty sad. It must be incredibly frustrating
1: for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, people want to know what's going on because, you know, we're the guys that put ourselves out there and try and arrange this stuff. Yeah. We, we can't make 60,000 people sing, uh, despite what some people might try and tell you, but uh, all the banners and the flags and the colour stuff, we try to take responsibility for that. But it does need a huge amount of organising and they've got so many health and safety stuff, so much stadium management stuff and the hoops you have to jump through. And we're willing to do that, but we need the club to meet us halfway. And...
0: Do you feel you're getting enough help from the club on
1: that? I think they were hamstrung a little bit by UEFA, right. but you know they need to give them the hurry up because then they know they understand more about what needs to be done. And it drifted and drifted and drifted, and then uh, you know the clock ran out.
0: It sort of sounds like they're not that bothered. The club, if it happens or not, is that unfair?
1: I got the feeling that they were uh, had their eye on a bigger game to spend some money on.
0: What percentage, this is, you know, going into the finance, what percentage would be paid for by the club if you'd have done the idea for last
1: night? 100%. Red Action 100%. haven't got any okay. money. We don't have a membership. And if you think we're going to ask fans to yeah, contribute even more. <laughs> when they paid 65 pound minimum to go in last night, yeah. it's not reality. So, okay. yeah, it is, it is paid for by the club. But, you know, there is a budget there. There's a budget there for fans activities. And this wasn't another car display that was going to cost £25,000 to put on we're talking you know it's just amazing because we're so
0: used to seeing the displays like in Germany that say someone like Dortmund can do with such seemingly ease and it just looks incredible, and I'm not saying we're going to do that or, you know, it should be organised, but it just seems like there must be a support and an infrastructure helping fans do that. I mean, even Crystal Palace on Saturday, which I don't know if we'll even go back to, but maybe we should briefly, they, they had, I mean, it doesn't seem they necessarily go through all the uh, um, infrastructure official and channel. official yeah. channels, yeah. but one of it was Yeah, because they put up a brilliant display back in the corner, their ultras down in, in the corner about the the greed in football and they showed... Uh, A gentleman with a pig, yeah, yeah. dressed as a pig, eating from a a plate of money, Money, effectively um, about Premier League greed. And uh, they've always got stuff going on, but clearly, yeah, I, I suspect they don't go through the same channels that maybe. Yeah. But if you're you, I mean, you're if being you're asked to, and you're officially you know, recognised by the club in a way, maybe they're not down there.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, they're self funded, so it's, it's slightly different, and yes. they obviously haven't got as many rules and stuff. And it's, Are you handy you know, it's with not,
0: a graffiti as, can like they are, maybe?
1: It's not as <laughs> big a stadium, and there isn't, you know, and maybe, you know, one of our problems is complaints from fellow Arsenal fans, believe it or not. So, about what? About you know, that flags in the way I can't see the players warming up, mate. That kind of stuff. So you know, there's a lot of people to keep happy. And as soon as that, if that complaint gets back to the club, they're going, they're going to try and resolve it. No matter if there's ten thousand people who enjoyed what happened. As soon as that complaint comes in, unfortunately, that's the one that gets. Uh, that wants the one that gets acted on.
0: So, presumably, it won't be happening um, for another Champions League game, if we're, if we're brutally honest. So, what, what's going to happen? You, I mean, are we eyeing up a, a tie against Liverpool in the Premier League where we can do something, or just next season?
1: Is United right? replay. I think we're just going to wait and see. Oh, yeah, I mean, if there's, a Man, if there's a Man United replay. There won't be much time to turn it around, but there won't be any UEFA restrictions or anything like that. And we've obviously we've already got some stuff in place that we might be able to turn okay. on pretty quickly. So we'll wait and see.
0: Okay. Well, let, let's let's move on. Just we'll go back to back to the game briefly because there's a couple of other players I want to talk about. Firstly, our forward Olivier Giroud. Well,
2: well Josh, you actually you mentioned Crystal Palace. And I did mention
0: Crystal Palace. You mentioned
2: Crystal Palace, and I'll, I'll try and bring it back to last night as well. I mean, we 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 were together at Crystal Palace. Yeah. And I think the two problems of last night was one, um, poor recent performances. Yep. Yeah when you're playing well you tend to carry on playing well at least for a, a little bit and two is complacency again Raymond said about the fans I think the fans all thought that we we were going to win last night you know um, for, and again that mainly is probably due to ignorance because a lot of them probably don't watch French football um, and also, I think it was um, due to poor performances I was at Crystal Palace and I didn't think we played particularly well I think there's an argument to say that as the away team to go and win at um, to Selhurst Park which isn't an easy place isn't bad going but I still think as Arsenal we should be playing better than we did I think against Leicester we were yeah. absolutely terrible I was at Spurs we were awful I can't I know we um, we beat Middlesbrough after Spurs but that you know with all due respect that is Middlesbrough that is a championship team where we had a very strong team out and they actually rested some players if you keep playing poorly, eventually it'll catch up with you. It's great to win to win when you're playing badly, but eventually it's going to catch up. Be caught up last night in in a in a really really bad way.
0: Yeah, I agree on, the, on Crystal Palace. Then I I, th- I thought we were kind of okay at Crystal okay. Palace. I thought we were six out of ten um, kind yeah. of thing, and Palace were probably also five and a half, six out of ten, yeah. um, and we just edged it. And you know, two 0 would have flattered us completely. Had they somehow managed to... Uh, you know what? I've got to be totally honest. I was, obviously, we were sitting right at the other end of a stadium. I had no idea they no hit idea. the post no in the last idea. second. I thought been reclaimed it because he suddenly leapt <laughs> up with the ball. I had no idea yeah. they hit the post. I mean, that would have been a frightening... You know, into the game, and what that would have done for for confidence, you know, who, who knows? But you're right. I think we we have been poor for for a, a number of games, and eventually something's going to give, and it, and it did in spectacular fashion. But Alan, just about Olivier Giroud last night because it was unusual. We don't usually see the manager bring a player off almost to protect him because it's going that badly. It had memories almost of once I think it happened with Eboué, yeah, yeah. when it was yeah. just so bad. You don't know what to do. And I watched the highlight. I, I did, Ricky, unlike you, when I got home last night. A bit. They had the Invincible documentary on which I, I watched most of. And then I think Sky Sports 5 had the, had the highlights, about a 25-minute 20, highlight package. And actually, I got home and I was like, it is amazing. If you would have f- paused the chances we had and gone, we're only going to score one goal tonight, you would never have believed it. The, we actually created a lot of decent opportunities. And how's Giroud, I mean, it, it, what do you put it down to, Giroud's performance last night?
3: I just put it down to him not being top class. He's a good, he's a good striker. Um, I think the, the substitution, I think it was obviously extremely difficult for him, probably extremely difficult for Wenger. Yet, this actually relates to the last point, talking about the fans in the stadium, I mean, for all my negativity on here, when I go to the stadium, I cheer and support our players for, for 90 minutes. And the booing and ironic jeering when he got subbed off. I mean, Terrible. you know, what kind of morons have we got in that stadium there now? It
1: was disappointing. I mean, we've just, got, people, we've just got so you know, you many people memories, there. He's, he's had a decent season. He's but been he in has, some good form. He, so he it's is not a, like he was missing those chances every week. He is a
3: fantastic squad player. I would not remove him from the squad but we can't be relying on him to take the chances he didn't take last night in Champions League games that are so important like that because it proved that he didn't take any of them.
0: There was a little bit of me, Raymond, thinking when we were 2-0 down, I mean, we're basically facing down the barrel of Champions League elimination, that Manchester City, at least always know they've got an Aguero on the pitch, there's always a chance when they've got just a world-class striker up front. And then even when Giroud was substituted off, and I thought, hang on a minute, our hopes are mainly, you know, our centre forward at the moment is now Danny Welbeck. And I thought, maybe that's the reality of where we are. We've got, we've got some good strikers, maybe very good strikers at the club at the moment, but we don't have an outstanding out-and-out centre forward. I put, you know, Alexis is, is obviously an incredibly world-class footballer, but as an out-and-out striker, target man or anything like that, we don't have one.
1: And we haven't had one for a while. But, you know, we still have Sanchez on the pitch and, and Cazorla and obviously Walcott came on well back. We should be able to get a goal in that situation uh, in the home leg of a Champions League knockout tie. So it was disappointing for everyone, really. I mean, Giroud's going to carry the can, but the guys had a decent season. I thought it was quite reminiscent of the Chesney thing because what people forget is with Chesney, the match before the Southampton one, the West Ham away game, he was excellent. He was almost man of the match. And then he had one appalling performance and straight away people were on his back and he, and he got the hook.
3: But haven't um, you illustrated the whole point now that, we we do not maintain any consistency within good performances for our players. So you, you can't ever be sure that anyone's in a good vein of form. You can't ever be sure Cazula. that anybody's going to actually perform to their best. And that again stems from the manager.
0: Could you argue? Kazola has been very consistent. Yeah, for decent. A while when Ricky
3: now. said it, I was nodding along at the start to say that if you're going to eliminate anyone from the criticism from last night, it's Casula.
0: Yeah. Just briefly on Sanchez, is it just a case that he's just, he's, you simply cannot play So It's like you cannot play someone every single game and expect the top level of performance.
3: Everyone's looking for him. Every time someone gets the ball, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's either something they've realised during matches or something they might have been instructed to do, but every time we go across the halfway line, we're looking to pass to him. And it, it, it's difficult for him to be the one... <laughs> there sort of given the ball go, come on and make something happen nearly every two minutes when we're crossing the halfway line I mean it, there's so much pressure on the guy to perform
0: just, just a quick one with uh, with your rookie um, and Raymond on the tactical side of it last night tactics what? yes well wait, wait, let's discuss that the, the, is there an argument that he could have gone last night with kind of two midfield holding players Who? that would have done it well
2: Got no Wilshire, no. Well, wilshire, could you ask Riziki Riziki to kind of
0: stick in the middle to, to ask do something? Don't care about Rizitsky. Yeah, I think no, 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 I know he's he not a <laughs> holding
1: midfielder. I think I
0: don't it, think he could do that role. I mean, you know, could have pushed. Wil- wilshire has been on the bench a bit. Could he have given him the first hour of the game? Maybe and brought in, him was back. He in? he wasn't in the
1: squad last night? Was he? I think he'd been rested from training. And was he in the squad? I'm not sure. I think he was back for last night, but I think if your defenders aren't going to stand in the right position, then you know who's in midfield. But would you have done? I mean, just
0: would you have just played that team because it kind of felt like with the Crystal Palace, you've spoken about a negative kind. Of feeling after that game we're a bit lucky. Less of the same thing. But it kind of feels a bit like when I used to play like Sensible World of Soccer when I was about ten. And you'd win a game and you'd really quickly press the same next next game and you just keep the same tactics because you are are sort of winning. And it's felt a bit like we've done that in recent you know games. What? Like you knew our eleven last night before you got to the stadium, bar maybe, you know, better in or Chambers, but you probably felt it. It kind of felt a bit too predictable everything a, we were gonna do.
3: There was a very good article that that was written. Couple of seasons ago, that said Wenger is a championship manager, i.e., the 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 computer game championship manager or football manager. It's now called in that he just clicks go, 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 go again, go again, and doesn't change anything. Yeah, that and that was then what was. It just spins through and it just plays itself out. And so then
0: maybe does that kind of put away all the the hope and excitement we had at Manchester City because we did kind of get that ruined at Spurs, didn't we? That so Manchester City thing.
3: game and. Talk in racing terms, but uh, quite often, if you're, if you're judging horse races, you have to look back and see what the quality was of other horse races before you start rating those horses. And unfortunately, that City form was made to look worse and worse as the weeks went on, because Middlesbrough won there. Hull got a draw there. It was City that were bang out of form. It was a good performance from us, don't get me wrong. It was. I really enjoyed it. But It will probably be the highlight that, of the season. That win has been downgraded after that because of what happened after that at City, not, not with us. And without Yaya Toure and, well, as you saw the other night, they're, they're not a particularly good team and we played well that day.
0: I'm desperate to find a positive before, before we conclude. And is it in that Jack Wilshere's coming back? And I know we've kind of maybe haven't missed wilshire Alan's already like head in hands at that comment. But we, we haven't seemingly missed him over the last week. But maybe as we get into this slightly stuttering form... Maybe there's a real chance here for Jack. It's March, he's got a couple of months, we've got 10 weeks to the end of the season, 11 weeks. Is there a chance for Will to come back into that team, go, do you know what, it's my time. It's my time to prove that I can be a, you know, one of the future leaders, leaders of this club.
1: Raymond. I don't think he's had that form for a couple of seasons now. And it's one of those things where the longer a player is out injured, the better you, th- you think that they are, and they're going to come back and save your season. Uh, that's, so, that, I mean, that's I'm so... Not, I'm true not, of
3: Arsenal isn't it
1: um, you know with all the plays we've had long term injuries all the Walcott, time
3: Walcott was Pelé but just you know, before he came back it's out the from same injury, thing
1: and uh, I don't think it's what we need I mean we just def- need to defenders who need to stand in the right position and, and, and well, not go you okay. know, bombing up the wing every so on that are
0: you, pre- are you now like do you know what Pear? we love you absolutely brilliant but it's time for Gabriel Palista maybe to, to come into the team for him do you, think, do you think that's just what it is? He needs to make a big, bold statement. Because he can do it now. He's got some big decisions to make. Does he change the goalkeeper back? Does he bring in Gabriel? Does Wilshere arguably go back in and replace Cochrane? Does he, you know bring maybe Sanchez or Ozil out of it because, you know, game after game after game and put in a Riziki or put in a walk. Some big decisions he's got to make.
1: I think that Mertesacker deserves to be dropped after last night's performance. Nobody's bulletproof. And if you, if you have a really, really bad performance and you get hooked and someone else plays in your position in the next game, I think that's the way it should be. Irrelevant of whether you're a club captain or a fan favourite or whatever. And same with Ospina. He had a poor, poor game last night and it's time to, to have another look at Chesney.
0: OK, well, I hoped we'd find a positive, but I'm not sure we have sadly. We've got a big game, potentially, in terms of getting back on track, because we've had this problem in recent years, haven't we, at Arsenal, where we it kind of all falls apart within a couple of weeks of each other. Even just watching that Invincible documentary last night, you remember that we went out to Manchester United in the FA Cup semi-final, we lost to Chelsea in that Champions League quarter-final, and there was this massive fear that when we had Liverpool come to the um, to Highbury's, of course it was, and they went a goal up and everyone was just worrying about it. And even then, so many years, it's just been like everything falls apart, falls apart within a couple of weeks of each other in March. And there's genuine danger, Alan, isn't there? Because we've got a very difficult FA Cup trip to somewhere we rarely win in Old Trafford. we got, you know, the league fixtures coming up. Everyone would say we are looking good for the top four, but it's not done because we all these teams so close to each other. Are you worried that it could all unravel very quickly?
3: Um- I am. Uh, obviously, I think they're eight days apart, aren't they? The the United game is on the ninth. Is on the ninth. Monaco, and then the seventeenth. That's a Monday, and then it's the following Tuesday we yeah. play in Monaco. And yeah, I mean, look, history has taught us that we probably go out of two cups quite quickly. I mean, you mentioned the Invincibles earlier. That, that you mentioned the Chelsea game. We were in a terrible run of form, even though we weren't being beaten in the league, which eventually added up to an unbeaten league season. But that. Particular period, we lost to United in the FA Cup, and we drew lots of games and panicked in lots of others because we thought the record was slipping. And lost to Chelsea, and that was quite a poor period, even for that very very good team. Um, One thing that I looked at today, I looked at um, some stats that suggest which is our best month in terms of goals and supremacy over teams, and our our worst month, as everyone knows, is November. But uh, February is actually very close to that. Very, very close to that. We perform uh, plus 0.51 goals per game in February and plus 0.48 in November. But uh, in September, we're plus 1.2. So that's that's but Presumably... The, that's, that's, what we like for March. Without knowing your stats, game. I
0: presume we get better towards the end of the season. You yeah, see?
3: we do. We, we, we average in March, April, and May uh, one-goal victories. Yeah, so so, so there, it okay. actually goes up by about half a goal very soon well but... we,
0: we've been used to sort of clawing back you know even you know when Tottenham've been ahead of us in the league recently been clawing that back and mm-hmm. making sure we do always get into that into that top four. Raymond big game Everton on Sunday. I think just in terms of you know if we you know if we lose or draw there would just be so much more negativity around the club. It's just a big opportunity to get back winning ways and get it done. You think we're capable of that?
1: I think it's a good fixture to have. Home yeah. to Everton they've been struggling um, you know we've got a good record against them at home. They're not really as hard to beat as they used to be. So I think, I think it's, a, it's a good game to have and I think we can probably get a 2-0 win and and, you know, and Monica will probably be forgotten quite quickly because that's the way it works. You win the next game and you know, fans have got short memories.
0: Yeah, it's important to, to get back to winning ways as soon as possible, Ricky. Everton have been disappointed this season but I guess, I guess look Lukaku and uh, you know they've always got they've got a dangerous striker as much as we ever have and they'll probably think what a great time to go to Arsenal after yep. what happened last
2: night yeah and I'm sure it'll all be about how we're the wounded animal and we're going to try and come at them and they'll be saying that they've got a chance and it'll all be that talk in the papers I think yeah I agree Everton are, are, are a decent team to play at the moment ultimately I think the only if you're if you're striving for a positive Josh um, there's a chance you know, if we nick a draw at United in the cup we can bring them back home. I know we lost in the league already, but that's a, there's a chance there yeah. if, if you're striving for a positive. Monica, I, th- I, th- I think the only thing is everyone, everyone thinks we're out. So anything out there is almost a bonus. Um,
3: we've got two big games in the league. We've got Everton and then QPR. I'll tell, I'll tell you one positive. Everton are playing tonight, so yeah. at least they'll be uh, yeah. one day one day off yeah, Of course, on the, on the Sunday.
0: We should have spoiled you. You're right. We've got, we've got another big fixture away at QPR on the, on the Wednesday night, should we before we do the next podcast. And um, I don't know, so let's do some quick predictions. How many points are we going to have? Are we going to manage to get six out of six from the
3: Everton? Th- yeah, I think we'll get six, but I still don't think it changes
1: anything
0: they we've w- said about the bigger picture. We found a positive. We're going to get six <laughs> out of six. Raymond, are you have similar mindset I between think, the two games?
1: Yeah, I think six out of six. We'll win a couple of games, and then we'll lose the United Cup time, and then we'll go round and round and round again. And Ricky? I think we'll get a six out
2: of six. <laughs> well, then, I definitely think great. we'll get six. We'll get a six out of six, and I think I, I genuinely think we've, that we've got a chance at United. I look at United, and, and there's no reason but why we this, can't get past them. N- there's no reason. There's maybe no not, reason. Maybe but maybe for two track. years,
3: when they've been awful, we haven't done a thing against them.
0: True. So, and they managed to beat us at, so, uh, at the Emirates. Uh, very you very
3: must just that. say, Josh, that this isn't. Uh, repeat of last year's that we've just left playing because you know you could just do this every year now, couldn't you? Maybe the, that's right. Maybe the, just record the 20, one 20 podcast of the season, Been just, knocked out the last just, sixteen just, uh, <laughs> yeah, just replace the team names every time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Be a lot easier than bit coming a bit of in creative here uh, with editing from Leonard, <laughs> sound
0: engineer here. Well, look, if there was one positive I can tell you as well, it's that I've managed to get three seats on that train the club have put on to Manchester for the FA Cup Woo! tie, which is a nice thing. Ray. We've seen the club made a bit of effort there to do something for the fans.
1: Yeah, I think they had to. The pressure was on them really with the kickoff time and stuff, and, and they did it. To be fair, um, another train would have been great, but you yeah, know, they were always con- complaining about lack of rolling stock and, and stuff like that. And you know, the coaches are cheaply priced as well, so they've done pretty well. To be fair,
0: yeah, ten pound up for the coach was, and, and twenty pound for regular standard class on the train, or thirty pound for first class, which I which, which I was uh, suckered into. Right. I've got to be honest. But um, look, <laughs> I think I think we've we, we we're kind of all a bit disappointed as we conclude here. There's no way any of us really think we're going through in the Champions League, is there? I mean, I've you know, a few of us are booked to go to Monaco, and, you know, there were a few text messages flying around last night going, are we going to still bother? And I, of course we're still going to bother because, you know, in that betting terminology, we've got our 12, 14% chance or whatever I it is. I think that's
3: that, that, what you've just said is probably about the realistic chance. Yeah. Fact, it's about 12, 14%.
0: It's about 12, percent So we, we carry it, go on, Ricky. I was going to say Spurs
3: are losing.
2: So is is that that positive?
0: Positive? That, I don't know. I don't, I don't <laughs> know. Well, they, they might win a trophy by the time we next do a podcast, but there you go. Well, so, Thursday.
1: What kind of football is that?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so, look, we'll be back next Thursday where hopefully we'll have taken those six points that, as a, as a three guests here, have been fairly confident we're going to do. And uh, we hope everyone is, is slowly getting back into a bit of positive thinking and uh, we'll get behind the team on Sunday and hope soon le- all those wounds are healed. We'll be back next week. Thanks a lot.